feel like in tech there's a lot of jargon and if you're not aware of it it can seem so like alienating and you have no idea what's going on and you feel like exactly. you're really young you're like, I don't get it but like you know every single person can learn about tech Welcome to The Wired Wick, demystifying tech law trends and educating about law in tomorrow's society. Hello and welcome back to The Wired Wig. My name is Annabelle Pemberton and in this week's episode I spoke to Lauren Moore, the co-founder of The Global Tech Loop. In this episode we talk about Lauren's route into law coming from a chemistry background, the inspiration behind The Global Tech Loop, the importance of understanding tech in law across a number of different industries as well, and the life of a GDL student and being a founder at the same time. The Global Tech Loop have an event coming up on the 14th of April, so that's this Wednesday, providing an insight into legal tech within law firms. There's going to be speakers from Pinsent Masons, Keystone Law, Travis Smith, and Norton Rose Fulbright, and you can find the link to sign up in the description below. If you haven't come across the Global Tech Loop before, I highly recommend going to check out their magazine and weekly articles over on their LinkedIn. I really enjoyed recording this episode with Lauren and resonated a lot with what we were talking about, especially including making tech more accessible and explaining those concepts that might be really intimidating for some, especially as this was something that I resonated with and why I started The Wired Wig, actually. So I hope you enjoy this episode and be sure to check out Global Tech Loop's LinkedIn if it's something that interests you. Okay, so Lauren, thank you for joining me today on the Wired Wig podcast. For those who don't know Lauren, Lauren is the founder, well, one of the founders of the Global Tech Loop. And today we're going to be talking about her work and how more law students can get involved in technology. So again, Lauren, thank you for joining me today on the Wired Wig podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Annabelle. It's lovely to speak to you again. So maybe just to start off, where are you currently at in your legal journey? Yeah, so currently I'm studying the GDL at the University of Law in Leeds and I've just graduated last July from University of Manchester um, with an honours degree in chemistry. So a little bit different from law, definitely feeling the, um, the jump from STEM to law. It's very, very different. Lots of reading, lots of essays, which I'm mm-hmm. definitely not used to, but loving. Um and yeah, I'm an aspiring solicitor. I really love to go into law. I had an amazing vacation scheme last summer with Pinsent Masons. And yeah, I hope to get as much experience as, as I possibly can at the moment. Fantastic. So is there a, a certain type of area of law that you're more inclined to get into? And have you decided that that's the area you'll go into? Or are you still sort of exploring different areas? That's a really interesting question, actually. I get asked this quite a lot even when I'm doing my own interviews for Global Tech mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, you know, what area of law are you interested in? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm quite open, to be honest, with a lot of different areas of law. I mean, obviously, I have a bit more of a an incline towards financial regulatory law just because of my interest in fintech and things like that that I've kind of developed through Global Tech Loop, which has been really cool, which I, I really didn't think I had that kind of interest before speaking to so many people um, on the platforms. That's been a real eye opener for me. But as I say, I feel like I'm I'm quite open to lots of different areas. But I do think the finance kind of area is more my 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 thing. Definitely, and I can relate to that. It's really 
intricate, that area of law. There's so many different other areas of law to consider under the umbrella of fintech. Yeah, for sure. And like, I've always had a real interest in mathematics as well. So I feel like all the numerical stuff in in finance really appeals to me um, coming from a STEM background. So I feel like it's a perfect kind of marriage of like my my passion for like tech stuff and then my background Mm -hmm. and my love for law. So it kind of is all three of them together, which is quite cool. But as I say, I'm, I'm pretty open to anything. Great. No, it's it's really great to hear. So I know you mentioned it before, but what is the Global Tech Loop and what inspired you to found it? Yeah, what a question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. Um, Yes. So basically, it was around this time last year, actually, I think it was it was April of last year. Um, I just saw the the looming summer of nothingness, really, Um, was going to happen because of COVID. And I'm somebody who likes to be, you know, mentally active all the time I love to be doing things and and learning new things and my dissertation was actually kind of coming to an end at that point too and I all my exams were cancelled because of COVID so I really had nothing to do past the end of April so I was just like oh my goodness what am I going to do and I've always wanted to start my own thing I feel like I've always had that kind of like entrepreneurial spirit I guess and I always kind of wanted to start my own thing and have my own little side project as well as focusing on my academic studies and I always felt that the tech industry was like notoriously quite private like you didn't often hear that many people speak about it to people especially somebody like me who's not even qualified in any form of journalism or tech or anything like that I mean I just hadn't really seen anything like that and I just thought like why why don't I just try it I mean it sounds like a bit of a crazy idea to get you know this girl who has no experience in in the area just speaking to these industry like leading professionals but I just knew that I really had my mind kind of set on this end goal and I really wanted to do it mm-hmm. and I wanted to make it like a really unfiltered platform so all of my interviews are just but I mean, they're just conversations, really. I mean, as as you do for your podcast as well, like it's just having a few prompts beforehand and then, you know, making it more of a like conversation kind of thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's definitely the best way to go with interviews. I feel like when you make them too structured, it can just seem really robotic and it's not interesting for you. It's not interesting for the person you're interviewing. I, I feel like having it more of a conversation definitely makes it um, a lot easier. Um, there were obviously a lot of influencers like on LinkedIn in, in the legal space that were doing their thing and doing yes. an amazing job. And I, I just thought this, I mean, they, they do an amazing job in their space. So I feel like I wanted to kind of carve my own lane and do something that I was really passionate about and something that, you know, would be really useful for my career as well and meeting all these new people and getting new connections. Um, so, yeah, I I had this initial idea as a sort of like skeletal framework for that was what I wanted to do I wanted to create like a platform an interview platform I also had the idea of doing some events I'd, I'd love to do that that was more like a dream at the time to like host my mm-hmm. own event now it's not so much of a dream it's actually coming yeah. to reality as well so yeah. we'll get to that yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that um but yeah, it's, it's really, really crazy. And then I attended a Legal Cheek event in mid-May kind of time. And then I met my amazing co-founder, Matt, which is so oh, crazy wow. to have met somebody at a Legal Cheek event. Um, and yeah, then I, I basically pitched him what I just pitched to you and said I wanted to do something about tech because he was really interested in tech. Um, and then we just kind of founded it together and built it 
from there really from mid-May and then we launched it just before our vacation scheme at Pinson Mason so that was around like mid-June kind of time I think it was a week before so it was all very hectic mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can imagine before we, we started the vacation scheme so it was a lot of like preparation to try and get everything like ready and done and we wanted to make sure we had you know a lot of interview and a lot of like content before we started and it's just grown um yeah and loads of people uh, now read the magazine and come to the events and it's it's just crazy it's just mad that's really fantastic and I didn't know that you met your co-founder during a legal did you say legal cheek or legal geek event was legal cheek. okay was it the virtual vacation scheme or another no, event? it was literally just a random a random event it, it was crazy. It's really cool. He, he was saying that he was doing the Pinson Mason's vacation scheme too. So I was like, let's connect on Because <laughs> 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 um, I was doing it as well. And then, yeah, this has happened. And it's, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's pretty hectic to do it alongside the GDL, I've got to say. Exactly. Um, managing time is is fun. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you're really passionate about something, then you'll make the time for it. Because it's not... It's not so much of a time commitment really for us because we did so much prep in the summer because we obviously knew that the GDL was coming mm-hmm. and how um, that that's obviously our focus um, completely. So we wanted to make sure that we had a lot of content backlog that we could just use and we're still using that now because we did so many interviews in the summer. <laughs> we're still using the content that we did in like July and August because we just did so many interviews, um, which we're very thankful for now <laughs> with yes. the GDL being so um, full on. And so yeah it's definitely definitely a good idea to plan in advance if you want to start Absolutely. as we've been discussing the global tech loop is really helping educate around technology and for a number of different industries not just in law but why do you think technology education is important in the legal profession whether it's for those who are already qualified or also students I just think tech is I mean, it sounds like a really like basic statement to me, but you know, tech is the future. It's it's in every single industry. It's not just in legal. I think mm-hmm. it's such a, a vital part now of how businesses work and how even how businesses communicate and how they market and loads of different areas will be using tech. And I think that having an awareness, not just of legal techs, obviously in legal, legal tech is important to know about because it's what you're working with on a day to day. And you have to be aware of that, which is great. But I think having a general awareness of technological developments and how well it's moving forward. I think that's kind of where our kind of like niche at global tech kind of lies. You know, we, we speak to a lot of people in America as well. Um, and getting a perspective from like Silicon Valley and like New York and like how they're like tech scene is evolving as well as over in the UK and like Australia and whatnot. Like I think it's it's really great to have that kind of like global tech loop. <laughs> I know that sounds really <laughs> cheesy, but I, I that's what I kind of wanted from the beginning is that I wanted like a global view of tech, not just like on a local level. Like I wanted to try and like educate myself on tech on a global scale and then also bring other people along with us while we were doing that. Yes, absolutely. And I think, especially for law students, it can sometimes be hard to move from studying law to then getting back into tech. And I say like getting back into tech, because I think when when you're studying law, you do a lot of activities that actively discourage using technology. So when you're mooting, for example, they don't allow you to use 
laptops. <laughs> you, you have to print everything out because that's just how, how it works. Um, and even though that's like legal tech per se, I think it makes some, it sometimes makes law students feel that they're not very tech literate and then they don't gain this interest in tech. I think it's really great with what you've done so far interviewing so many really big leaders as well in the industry. Yes. I was going to ask you, what has maybe been a struggle with creating the global tech loop? Because it sounds like it's gone very swimmingly and very, very smooth, but have you had any hiccups along the way? Do you know, it has been a pretty smooth process, to be honest. Like, I think it's been, I mean, firstly, Matt is incredible. And, you know, we get on so, so well. And I feel like that's really helped us kind of get to where we are, to be honest, because we're on the same page about everything. I think the struggle was at the beginning was getting people to say yes to an interview. I think mm -hmm. that was, I mean, it was, it wasn't off-putting because I knew that if I just kept messaging hundreds and hundreds of people, someone would respond to me. <laughs> so that's it's true. Too it's true. I obviously had the time because I wasn't doing um, anything else because my studies had finished, my degree had finished. So, and I was just kind of waiting for the vacation scheme to start. So I had literally all the time in the world to, message people on LinkedIn so I would literally send out hundreds of connection requests with messages every single day <laughs> for like two weeks <laughs> and, the hope great was um, and they did and it was really surprising because obviously you get a lot of people that blank you but I think that's the important thing with like doing a platform and like I'm sure you know as well yes. like it's it's important to not take like rejection like to heart like it's really not personal mm -hmm. like everybody's so busy and like most professionals probably won't even check LinkedIn so like it's nothing like against you like they're literally just really busy um because at first I was like oh no like I'm never going to get anyone to like be interviewed with a platform and because it is quite a daunting thing when you actually start making content yes. I don't know about you, but you're like oh my goodness now I actually have a platform I have like to keep going <laughs> and mm -hmm. like finding more people to interview yeah I, I think it's other than that initial kind of like trying to get people to to be interviewed I think it's been it's been perfect really we haven't really had any any bump in the road which has been amazing oh that, that's fantastic and I think that has also happened because there's definitely a need for the platform and the other side of it is that you've been really organized and I think that also helps to really oh, push absolutely. those problems towards the beginning. Like you were saying with all, like collecting yeah. all of those guests together, it all just came at once, I suppose, any of those potential problems. And with anything you do, there's always going to be challenges. But I think you did a great job with minimizing them with how you set it up. I kind of saw the, the GDL coming. And obviously, as, as I said, like that's our main focus. Like we obviously want to do really well with GDL and that's what we want for our careers. It's just like a little side thing that we do for like a couple of hours a week. Yeah, I, I would say to anybody that wants to start a platform that like just be passionate about it. Because I feel like if, you're, if you, your heart isn't in it, you will probably end up stopping doing it. Especially because life just gets in the way, like, as I'm sure you know as well, like it, it just gets so hectic and you've got so many responsibilities. You're trying to balance, like, you know, like we were just saying before this podcast, like, you know, balancing friends and balancing work responsibilities and studying, like it's, mm -hmm. it's really hard. So I feel like if your heart isn't in it and you don't really enjoy speaking to people and like, you know, doing that kind of thing, then think of a different kind of idea and do follow something that you are genuinely interested in. Absolutely. And actually, even though Global Tech Loop is in a written format, do you just send questions or do you record it and actually sort of interview the guests live and have like a call like we're having now? 
Yeah, yeah, I always have Zoom calls. Like, okay. I would say 95% of my interviews are, are Zoom calls because I feel like it's so important to, like, get that, like, connection with the person that you're interviewing because then it really makes that, like, connection stand out because then they'll actually, like, remember you. You're not just, like, a that mm-hmm. random girl that emailed saying, like, <laughs> being really talkative. <laughs> I have loads of questions. But, it's yeah, I, th- I think having interviews and doing it, like I mean face to face like you know virtually face to face doing that is like uh, it's really good as well because you know meeting new people in the pandemic is obviously impossible yes definitely <laughs> so I feel like if you're like a very like extroverted like chatty person I think doing something like this is like the best thing you could possibly do because you're meeting people all the time like there was a point in the summer I was doing so many like interviews so I could like we were just saying like to for like a backlog purpose for the rest of the year I, it was like a full-time job like I was doing like five six interviews for, uh, per day <laughs> one wow point. okay like, <laughs> that's was, amazing it was ridiculous I just like packed them in I, I bought a planner just to organize everything and like get it all ready and sorted so I had enough content and you know I'm definitely grateful for doing all that planning now because now you know a lot of the transcripts are typed up and already ready to go which is fantastic I know you're hosting an event this week so maybe you can tell us a bit more about this event and what's going on. What details do we need to know? Yeah, so we're hosting an, a brand new event, which is really exciting. Going back to what we were saying at the beginning about the event, yes. of a dream. This is definitely crazy to be seeing live events. Um, yeah, so it's an insight into legal tech within law firms. That's kind of the title of the event. Um, we've got some incredible speakers from Vincent Mason's, Keystone Law, Norton Rose Fulbright and Travis Smith. Um, which is an amazing lineup. Um, we've got five incredible speakers and it's going to be hosted by myself and Matt. Um, and yeah, it's, it's basically all about legal tech at present because I feel like a lot of the time people talk about legal tech in the future and like what the future is going to look like and everything like that. But I kind of wanted to know what it's like now and how it's yes. changed from, you know, from pre-pandemic to what it is now and what you think it will be in the future to kind of get like an overall picture and an overall view for people that are watching um so that's basically the idea for it and yeah it will be on Wednesday this Wednesday um from 6 till 7 p.m and you can uh, sign up using our Eventbrite link which is on our LinkedIn page fantastic and I'll also leave the link in the description below oh. this episode so you can just click there to go to the event and sign up I know we've already touched upon this already, but as a founder, how do you manage your time between your studies and global tech loop? Maybe other than pre-recording the articles, because I suppose there is still some other work that goes into it in terms of the transcribing and yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, I mean, now we're kind of you know, doing content that will be released in a few months time. So I guess it's always going to be a a, a backlog, isn't there? Like you've always kind of got that. So there is that that's going on too. But we try and we only do a a couple of hours a week, really. It's not nothing too intense. So we can really focus on our GDL, which has been great. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, you have to take time sending emails and like following up with people. And when you're like interviewing like multiple people at the same time, you've got loads of different email chains and (laughs) kind of remember what's going on and everything. Like you've got to stay on top of that and and make sure that you're responding um, on time with those. And yeah, I think that because we format ours using Canva, that's what we use to format our magazines and our interviews. And we have like a specific kind of layout that we use every time. 
Um, so you've got to obviously format with that. And I'm not sure if you've ever used Canva before, but it can be a bit of a nightmare yes. sometimes. <laughs> I'm like trying to make sure that the, the font is the same and the the size of the font, even little details, because we put like, you know, little details at the top of each corner of the page. You've got to make sure that you change all of them for each page of the magazine. So just all the little perfectionist kind of details in me <laughs> like mm-hmm. come out when we start doing doing magazines and, and things like that but we just want to make it as as professional as possible like our audience is it's we have a weird audience to be honest it's kind of like a mix between like professionals and people our own age so it's kind of like a weird yes mix, which is I, really great like I, I love that it appeals to like loads of different loads of different people that's kind of the aim of the platform really because we're just doing it to learn more ourselves and whoever wants to learn can just come along and, and learn with us really the target audience is some, the the person that wants to learn more about tech yes that's our target exactly. audience. Like, you know, there isn't an age limit on that like it's it's just whoever wants to learn more and is intrigued by other people's stories and wants to know their backgrounds and how they made it in tech whether it's in I mean most of our interviews take place in the UK or the US um, so, you know, if you want to break into tech in any of those places, like that, it's really useful to have a platform where you can see people that are just like you that have like, you know, come from like maybe a completely different background. Like I've interviewed loads of people that were never intended to be in tech, had no interest in tech beforehand. And now they're like Google and Microsoft and, and whatnot, wow. which is so crazy. And it's so interesting to just hear people's life stories. Like even if, because obviously I don't want to go into tech myself, I've always wanted to be a solicitor. But just hearing other people's career journeys, I find so interesting. And I think there's something just really cool about hearing, you know, what somebody's doing in like Silicon Valley and like being like a legal director at Google or like whatever it is. I just find that really interesting, even if you're not necessarily interested in tech. Like I just wanted to make something that would just be interesting full stop. Like you don't necessarily have to have that like drive to learn more about tech. It's just an interesting read. What advice would you have for law students looking to learn more about technology or work in the space? And I suppose we could also open this up to uh, professionals who are also looking to learn about technology as well, and maybe have not been in the technology space before. Yeah, I mean, I think a good place to start is just find an area that you might potentially be interested in, because you know, I think tech is so broad now. There's so many different areas. So like we were just saying, you know, like fintech and things like mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're maybe in the financial sector or want to be in that sector, like in banking or whatever it is, maybe have a look at fintech and see how that might be affecting your industry in, you know, at present and in the future and like go from there. Because like when I first started the platform, as I say, like I didn't really have a specific area of tech that I was interested in I just I didn't know that much about it and that's why I kind of wanted to start something like this where I could just learn about (laughs) loads of different things not like promoting our own platforms but listening to your podcasts and like looking at Global Tech Leap and other platforms like ours I think is like a a good like starting point to kind of figure out what kind of tech you might like because it's it's not like we try and make our content like for yours as well like our content is quite user-friendly like it's mm-hmm. you don't really have to have like a, a background in any of these things to understand what we're talking about um so I think trying to find platforms and trying to find different places that offer something that is like a beginner level is probably going to be your best bet as well after you've like kind of like figured out your niche of what you might like to be interested in yes absolutely I think that's great advice and 
it's funny because when you come across one of these platforms, it's very likely that you'll come across many others as well. So before I started the Wired Wig, I wasn't really aware of legal tech as a space, which I know sounds really bizarre now, like looking back. But I also wasn't aware of Legal Geek when I was at university. And it was only until I started the Wired Wig, I I became aware of Legal Geek. Like everyone knows Legal Cheek, but it's it's really interesting because there's all these platforms out there. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like just starting off at a beginning kind of level is probably the best bet because that was what inspired me to kind of start in the first place because I originally was thinking like right I'm interested in fintech why don't I buy a book on it and then I like get a book and it's like 600 pages long exactly. <laughs> just my little stuff, and I'm like this is so unapproachable and so <laughs> it just makes you like intimidated by it when you don't know anything about it yes. um so I think having a, a space and finding platforms that really like ease you into it and get you used to that kind of like jargon as well I feel like in tech there's a lot of jargon and if you're not aware of it it can seem so like alienating and you have no idea what's going on and you feel like you're really young I don't get it but like you know every single person can learn about tech like it's it just depends on you know your platforms and the ones that you want to look at I think really yeah definitely well Lauren thank you for joining me today on the wide wig it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today about your progress with the global tech loop and the future as well for you thank you so much for having me it's always lovely to talk to you i'm annabelle pemberton and you have just listened to the wide wig podcast available on spotify itunes and apple podcasts